Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Heat Nation, welcome back into Believe in Miami Heat for another week. I'm your host, Joey Levin, with you as always. And once again, not alone. And I'll tell you why. Last week, we had two-time NBA champion Norris Cole on the program and the bosses. They said the reaction from the people was so nice, we got to do it twice. So I got to bring back my guy Norris Cole for another week, a good week for the Miami Heat. We'll discuss it. Three wins in a row for the first time this year, three and one in the last four after our last podcast. Norris last week, he told me, he said, they got to go at least three and one. They went three and one. So, hey, first episode as a guest on the show and Norris hitting the ball out of the park. So we're going to bring him back and we're going to break down everything that happened this past week. Plus, we're going to talk a little bit about this seven game road trip coming up. That is a big one for Miami. We're going to talk about all of it. We're going to break it all down. But first, before I bring my guy Norris back in, football might be over. We all know Super Bowl last weekend. Dolphins fans, you know, whatever you want to think, I think the GOAT conversation's over. It's over. Tom Brady, best ever. We can complain all we want. He is what he is. All right? Football's over. We're done talking about it. But NBA, college basketball, NHL, they're in full swing. And if you're betting, which I am, which you probably are if you listen, if you're a sports fan, you know, the only place you should be betting is betonline.ag. Now, we're recording this on, on Wednesday afternoon. So why would I give you my picks for tonight? I had, do have an early pick for Thursday night, and that's Pacers minus three against Detroit. Now, the Pistons, you'll say, wait, didn't they just beat Brooklyn? Didn't they just almost beat the Lakers? That's true. They've only won six games this year, and in the first five, they got beat up in the next one. They haven't won two in a row this year. The Pistons are a bad team. I don't know why they keep beating these good teams, but the Pistons are a bad team. Three points. Pacers getting three points. Take the Pacers. I'm taking the Pacers. Look, bet online even they cover award shows. They cover TV shows, reality TV. I've never bet on that stuff. I, I can't even imagine how you would. But hey, if that's what you, if that's your thing, go for it. They have hundreds of prop bets, real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And the 24-hour casino, I always tell you about the 24-hour casino. So head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's a lot of money. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, they are your sports book, online sportsbook experts, I tell you every week. You already know. You already know. All right, here we go. Mentioned off the top, two-time NBA champion, grinding it out with us again this week. It's midnight in France where he's at, but that doesn't matter because he's ready to talk Miami Heat basketball. It looks like looks like he might be muted on his iPad right now. Norris, unmute. There he is. He's here we back. go. Here we go. Norris, welcome back, baby. What's going on? Thank you. Thank. You. Glad to be back. We had to do it twice, like how we won it back in the day. Back to back. Two times for the two-time champ. There it is. Absolutely. So you heard my intro. You heard my little spiel there off the top. Last week, we we looked ahead at the schedule. We said we got two against Wizards, two against the Knicks. Got to win these games. And we said at least three and one, if not four and oh. So they start off, what do they do? Lay an egg against the Wizards. Yeah. And then they reel off three straight, right? So blowout win against the Wizards. And then two close ones against the Knicks, including last night. Uh, as we're recording this on Wednesday, last night, Tuesday night, a two-point win, close game. So first three-game win streak of the season, one game out of the eight seed in the playoffs at this point is what we're looking at. Can you take anything away from this past week in terms of 
pushing it forward, the momentum, turning things around? Did you see a different Heat team or was it a little, maybe a little of the same playing, you know, the Wizards and the Knicks? <laughs> well, anytime you win three in a row, that's a good thing. So you take the positive. It doesn't matter that, you know, the wins were not very dominant. All that matters is you got the win. And so you have to be happy about that. They moved up. They're closer to catching that eighth seed, which I believe eventually they're going to, you know, possibly even get up to maybe a seven or six seed. You know, I believe that's very possible. Jimmy Butler obviously is back healthy, 26 and 10 last game. Um, The Heat do what they always talk about doing even when I was there, grind it out. Grind it out. They they grind games out. They grind the season out. They just fight, man. And so I believe that they can, they should be, you know, I don't want to say happy, but they should look positive at this three game win streak. I would. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. Any win streak at this point, because this is only their second win streak of the season. And the last one was two games. So yeah, at, <laughs> at, at, at this point, any win streak, um, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned Jimmy and that's good. That's a good place to actually start off of this four game streak. So the 26 and 10, but he's still, I'll tell you, I harp on this a lot and you're going to learn this about me. It is, he's such a weird player to me and he always has been, but it, it, it's, it seems like it's just as much this year. So he had the 26 and 10. Uh-huh. I think, I think in one of the wizards. Eight. Yeah, eight yeah. Oh no, he's so over the last four, he's averaging 19, eight rebounds, nine assists, but so. He's only taking 11 shots a game, but he's shooting 11 free throws. So really that's more like 15 shots a game. So I, I, I still question, I still have this question and it, it, it goes to my concerns about not really major concerns because still 24 games. So we still have some time, you know, there's still time to work things out. Plenty of but, time. but the, the way the heat's offense runs right now, it <laughs> strikes me. It, it strikes me when, I'm watching teams defend them that they're defending them as if there's no go-to scorer, because it's really, when you look at the two best players, Bam and Jimmy, I think teams right now at this point, the reason why the heat turned the ball over so much, a lot of times it seems like teams know, like every player in this team's looking to pass first. (laughs) Well, part of their culture right now is moving the ball. And part of what makes them different and good is that you can't necessarily take one player out of the game, even though we know Jimmy Butler is the key. Sure. It's, it's, it's clear as day Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are the key to their team. But they don't have to, you know, have a one player shoot 15 to 17 shots a game right now. That's, you know, they, I don't think even last year they didn't have a player that attempted, you know, 15 or more shots. So – They've gotten used to this style of play. And as you can see, Olenek last night stepped up big. You know, Tyler Hero, he has his moments. So when when they play that way, everyone's always in rhythm. Everyone else is always a threat to get hot. And then we all know that, you know, in the biggest moment, you know Jimmy's going to be there. But what I like specifically, though, is their defense. They were able to win a game where they shot under 40%. They found that that's called finding a way to win. And when you start talking about long playoff stretches, at some point you just have to find a way. And so that's why I say this win against the Knicks, even though it wasn't impressive from a scoring standpoint, it was impressive that they still 
found a way to win. And I, and I think Jimmy, as the season is going to go on, I think he's going to score a little bit more. But I think, he, like I said last week, he has a great pulse on his guys. And I think he knows when he needs to go high-octane offense and when he just needs to do what he's doing, facilitate and score when the opportunity presents itself rather than force it. Do you do you because I've always felt like when you look at championship teams, um, there's a guy. I mean, the very <laughs> you know, there's very few. I mean, maybe the Pistons, right? That's probably the last time there was a team where there wasn't a guy, right? Right. If not multiple though of those guys, um, and obviously but they I, had, a, they did have a guy on the Pistons. They just I mean, they, they had, had a, yeah, they had five all stars. They just yeah, but yeah. Chauncey Billups at the end of the game was the guy. Right. There's no question about that. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, well, and, and at the end of the game for the Heat, Jimmy's the guy. Um, uh, right. But I just, right. I, I just like, I look at the teams that the Heat are going to be competing with. And I, I bring this up all the time, which is just like, they always, they have that guy that you know, like when everything else fails, you always know he's going to be assertive to score the ball. And I, I just sometimes worry, like, even though Jimmy, we know when he wants to turn it on, he's going to turn it on. But like you even said last week, like, all right, it's time for him to turn it on. And he did for a couple of these games, but then he didn't for a couple of the games. So it's like still kind of the up and down thing with him. Well, you know, you know what I'm appreciating about it, though? Everyone in the NBA seems to start trying to play the same. And so I like it that the Heat are playing different. You know, every, everyone is launching as many threes as they can. No mid range, no post up, you know, having, like you said, one or two guys shoot all the balls on the team and then everybody else gets scraps. I like the fact that the Heat play a different style. I, to me, it makes the game more interesting when you have contrasting styles play. Yeah. And so I think that the Heat's thing is they want to keep the game close and then they know they have a closer in Jimmy. And so as long as the games are close, as long as the games are competitive, they know that Jimmy is going to be there. And they also know that they have, you know, like I said, Bam is going to be there, especially defensively. And then, you know, the young, young hero, he's not scared to. Oh, he's playing know, great. He's playing. He's not he's, scared to, you know, make a big shot or two. So I think that their style of play is team, more team oriented. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, get the ball into their playmaker, Jimmy's hands. And I'm okay with that. Cause I, you know, I, sometimes I get tired of seeing everybody play the same style. I like seeing contrasting styles. Oh, I don't I, I Yeah, that's, that's true. I do. I just like some of these games where I'm like, couldn't you just blow out the wizards twice? Like, couldn't you, <laughs> like if Jimmy go get 30 and let's just blow it. Let's just, I mean, like, like Who's the, to say if he did that though, that they would do that. Cause that, that, that that's true. It's true. Because you got to think they're not playing a position. Most teams where they have high octane scores, they have a lot of possessions in the game. Mm-hmm. A lot of possessions. They, he, yeah, if you look down. at the possessions, they're not trying to have the most possessions. They're trying to have efficient possessions where they make the team defend for 15, 20 seconds of the shot clock. That's what the, that's the, what the Heat do. Mm-hmm. And, and when you do that, that cuts down on high-octane scoring. Yeah. And the, well, one of the things that you hit on for sure is, the like, I've seen a lot of people talking about how the Heat's three-point defense is a mess. And it, it is a little bit. Like, look, number – like, statistically speaking, they're – near the bottom of the league in three point percentage defense and three po- opponents three. I think they're giving up the mo- like the second most threes to any team in the league, but look, these last four games, whether it's the Knicks or the wizards, they, it, it was, you know, they gave up a hundred points 
or no, no, they gave 103, 95, 103, and 96. That's still great defense in the NBA. If teams are scoring 96 to 102, 103 points, that's great defense. And this is just what the Heat do, right? No points in the paint. They let you get your shots. It seems like this the concern that people have about the Heat's three-point. Now, perimeter defense-wise, they can get better. Like, their, their guards are struggling a little bit to guard on the perimeter. But I think the three-point shooting is not as big of a concern, opponent three-point shooting, as people think. That's what the Heat want you to do. Statistically, teams are not always going to shoot great from three. But they, they're they, always they, going to shoot great in the paint. That's why you got to eliminate the paint, right? Well, when you when you when you give up the paint, that's when you give up uncontested threes. Right. And so that's why that's why the Heat, you know, they never want to give up the paint because when you give up the paint, you collapse the defense. There's no rules for that. And so so teams that get into the paint normally get uncontested threes. And so what the Heat do, they take away the paint. They try to, and then they want you to take contested threes. And contested threes are a much lower percentage. And I, and I believe that as the as their rotations get better and play more games, they're going to move higher in the defensive rankings. Yep. I mean, yeah, I, I look at um, the two things that people that I mean, I, if you're looking at it from a from a just a continuity and a, you know, a standpoint of getting things going, the three point defense and the turnovers, right? They're still at the top of the league in the turnovers and the three point defense. Is there one or the other that would be 25 games into the season that you would say? it's a little more concerned. Like to me, the turnovers are still a little more concerning because I don't understand them. Like I understand the threes teams are just, there's a little bit, you know, Tyler, Duncan, Goron, even though Goron's been missing games, they're not the greatest perimeter defenders. So the closeout's not great. It's not, but I think that'll come back. The turnover still to me. Yeah. There's just something about it. I watch the games and I'm just, I, and I do think, and I don't know if you agree with this. I do think there's something to the fact that teams are expecting them to drive to pass instead of drive to score a lot of times now. So guys are driving and like, not just Jimmy Tyler hero does it. Goron does it a lot of times um, they're driving, they're getting into the paint and kicking out. And I understand that open they're driving kick. They're looking for open threes. Right. But there are a lot of opportunities that I'm seeing from them where it's just like, Hey, you're in the paint, dude, get fouled or go to the rim or get, you know, get a bucket. Like, just, just make the defense stay honest because I think it looks to me like there's a lot of times where they're 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 they they understand like when I was at Florida State and I'll bring up an example when we played Duke when Greg Paulus was there I don't know if you remember Greg Paulus yes he, sir. Was, he was a guy who literally on our scouting report it was like if he drives don't even guard him because he's passing like he's passing the ball he will not take a shot in the paint he is driving to kick and I almost feel like sometimes with the Heat right now just the way they're playing trying to get the offense going teams are saying, well, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy's not going to score until later in the game. So, you know, play the passing lanes a little more when he drives or Goron's looking to set up those lobs to bam and precious. Is that a, do you think, is that, could that be a thing? Could that be part of what the, cause the, other than that, the turnover, it's not like the, they're playing terrible offense. They're not going one-on-one a ton. They're still playing within their offense, but they're still turning the ball over a ton. Yeah. Well, turnovers for sure have to be taken care of. That's one thing that is a cause for concern, you know, on any team. You have to take care of the turnovers. But the defense, the defensive three-point percentage, that has to, you know, they have to rise in the defensive rankings. You know, they have to start defending better. But offensively, I really – I think that, yeah, you're right. Sometimes they do need to be more aggressive to score because a bad shot is better than a bad turnover. Totally. I mean, I know sometimes a, a shot can be 
I know I've heard I heard coaches say a bad shot is just like a turnover, but I'm pretty sure if you ask any coach, what would you rather have, a guy shoot a shot or turn it over? You'd rather have a guy shoot a shot. At least you have a chance at getting a rebound. You well, know, when you turn it over, you, you have no chance of setting up your defense. Right, and so, exactly. So when you, yeah, I, I believe that they are conscious. I, I believe that they are conscious of it. And I believe that hopefully, you know, they'll make the adjustment. But they've been winning. They've won three games in a row. They've been able to get guys healthy. And I believe that they're going to keep playing this style because this style forces teams to defend. It forces teams to stay at home. And I believe this is like chess. It's not checkers. Mm-hmm. This is a long season. They're not playing for the short term. They can't show all their cards right now. And one thing I know, I remember when I played you know, for the Heat and we we did not make an adjustment against a certain team. Like we would just show every time mm-hmm. and try to get back. And the team beat us multiple times in the regular season. And some of the guys was like, man, why don't we adjust? And Spo was like, no, we're going to keep showing. We're going to keep working on this. We're going to keep doing this, knowing that we was going to have to see that team again in the playoffs. And when we saw them in the playoffs, we did something different than what we showed them in the regular season. Instead of showing, 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 we did some different things. And so I believe that they were just working on their habits right now, drive and kick, drive and kick, drive point. We call it point five. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't got it in point five, swing it, drive and kick. And I think that's just them working on their habits. But suppose a pretty bright guy. And I believe, <laughs> yeah. I believe that as the season gets longer and they start to see where they lie in the playoffs, you know, they're, they're only going to show certain things in the regular season. You can't show all your cards, like, you know. Right. Yeah, totally. You know, I, th- what you said about bad shot being better than a bad turnover, look, um, obviously you played professionally and in college. So I never played, but I was around coaches and, and especially in the NBA. Look, there's no doubt. Like, it's not even a question. I mean, because at least the best coach I ever worked for, Steve Clifford, like when and when I was in Charlotte, those last few years were when we actually made the playoffs. Uh-huh. We, we didn't even like we didn't. I don't know how you guys did it most of your years, but we didn't send guys to the offensive glass. So at least we knew when a shot was going up, we were getting back and you could set your defense. Like the most important thing to us was don't give up easy buckets in transition. And part of what the heat struggle right now is they're giving up a ton of points in transition because of the turnovers. But if you take a tough shot, at least, you know, shots up, get back, everybody else get back or one person go to the glass and three people, whatever it is, get back. But if you have a turnover, no one knows the turnover is coming. So you can't get back. And that's That's part of why the the heat's defense is, is it's not even bad right now. Like it's, it's actually, I think the numbers lie a little bit from what people see defensively i think their half court defense is incredible it's amazing right yeah it's, it's amazing. really good the three-point stuff i think will will get back to where it needs to be um but being the best paint defense team in the league is a is is what they want to do it sticks to what their plan has always been and i think to me the the turnover thing will help the defense i think it they they kind of they go hand in hand right you don't turn the ball <laughs> over you don't give up easy buckets that's that's very true. They go hand in hand. When you don't turn the ball over, you are, you're able to set your defense, and the Heat's defense is very very solid right now. Yeah, and it's going to and it's only going to get better because you know when you have Jimmy defending and you have Bam anchoring the defense, it's tough to score on that team. And so, yeah, I, I believe that, like you said, being more aggressive to score 
and not, you know, making those passing turn- – because a lot of the turnovers are where they're trying to make a pass. And the lobs, <laughs> of- too. And I'll tell yeah. you, I don't know if you noticed this, but I feel like teams know it's coming now, it, other than out of timeouts, right? When they draw up a lob out of a pick and roll out of a timeout or off a dribble handoff coming off, when the when guys are playing up too, when the big is playing up too much and bam goes off the backside or precious and they throw that lob. Uh-huh. But I feel like our guys start to fall in love with that. And I've seen a number of turnovers, at least one a game where they're trying to get that lob. It's just not there. And it's just being too, to a point where it's like, dude, you, you had a floater or you, you could go put your body into them and get a foul. Like, I think maybe that, that that'll get cleaned up maybe. It will. Um, I'm sure they show it in film. I'm pretty sure they show it in film. Yeah. It's just about just game plan discipline and just keep just keep harping on it. Yeah. You know, that's all you can do. You keep, you know, you, you have your game plan discipline, you execute it and you know, just keep harping on it. Keep the turnovers down, fellas. Keep the turnovers down, fellas. It's better to not make the play if you're not sure. Yep. Than to try to make the play and then not be there and then turn it over. If you so the the thing that always happens, especially with the Heat, because it's the Heat, it's Pat Riley. Is the we we I talked about it last week when we were on here, but last week I was talking major moves, right? Like I talked about the Brad Beal thing, which it looks like no one like it looks like it's probably not happening. If you were going to make a move right now to help this roster, not a major thing, just a you know a role player, someone to come in, would it be? Would you go? Would you say we need to go get another perimeter defender? And that can bring us what Avery Bradley is supposed to bring us and probably will bring us when he's healthy. Or would you say we still, we got Kelly O's playing. He's, he's up and down, but he's really not a starter. We need somebody who can, who can defend and shoot the ball like Jay did. Who, what do you think would be more of an important, cause something's going to happen. I, I have no doubt in my mind. I just can't imagine <laughs> this being the roster. It, you know, it happened last, it happens every year with Pat. They're on a seven game road trip. Now it might happen during this road trip. Pat's he's done it in the past. Um, which one would you think would be more of the priority if you were if you were looking at this roster? Mm. No, if I had to say, I mean, so, I can tell you what I think. I can tell you what I think. Well, 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 let me know what you think, then I'll let you know what I think. I, I, I think you know, I, I have something about that. I think unequivocally, it's Kelly Olynyk, or a, a, a four that can not that can take him and put him back where he's best, which is being a spark off the bench and potentially a spot starter if you need him. He's he's shooting a career high in three point attempts, and he's shooting a career a career low percentage. Like he played, he shot great last game. The games before mm-hmm. that, he shot terrible. He's up and down. Like one game it's great, one game it's not. Over the last four games, he's shooting eight threes a game. You tell me, you think you're winning in the like winning consistently with Kelly Olynyk shooting eight threes? He's a good player, and I don't think you can have that guy shoot. I don't think you can have him shooting eight threes a game. And if they're going to continue to play the way they're playing, I mean, well, I'll just say this. You know, I'm sure his job is to shoot, you know, when he's in nope. the game. And so, you know, I'm not going to bash K, but if I was – if I did have to make an upgrade to the roster, it would be to bring in a 3-4 man, sort of like a Thaddeus Young, a guy hmm. who can shoot the ball but who can also defend at a high level, who's athletic, who can play fast or who can play in the half court and who's who has a little bit of playoff experience as well. So – um, I, I believe a player like that, he's sort of like a – that is young, it's sort of like a like – Also an upgrade, also a upgrade great – Also a great passer. Yeah, I'm about to say he can facilitate. Yeah. He can, he can sort of be like what they thought Jay Crowder was going to be last year. Mm-hmm. You know, he can come in, you know, he can, he can handle the ball if he needs to. He can defend, 
you know, multiple positions and he can shoot the three to keep spacing on the floor. I think a guy like Thaddeus Young could be, you know, a move that could possibly be made. But if they don't make a move, I still believe that they can make a playoff run, even with Kelly O. Yeah, I mean, well, it may not be. Well, a, I don't want to make. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Well, <laughs> I don't want to make it clear. Run. I'm not. I don't like, dislike Kelly Olynyk. I, I I just think he's better suited coming off the bench, giving you 20 minutes a game as a spot. As you know, yeah. Even even he it depend situational too, right? Like he could be Bam, some games. He could be Bam's backup. Some games yeah. he could be with playing next to Bam. It, you know, it just depends on if Bam needs a rest. Maybe he's the guy. Like maybe Precious is not ready to play a ton of minutes as a rookie and Kelly Olenek now becomes your, your backup at the four and the five. Like, I just think coming off the bench, it gives you more depth. It gives you more flexibility and you're not banking on a guy who's never taken eight threes a game to be that guy constantly. Exactly. I, I like Kelly Olenek. I, 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 I understand exactly what you mean. I, that's why I say a guy like Thaddeus Young would be, would be a real interesting piece. If he was yeah. to come to, to Miami, I, I, that would be something that that could be very interesting. Yeah, well, I'll tell you one guy. There's a there is a guy now that's out there, an, an Eastern Conference guy. Just a lot of talk happening right now, and I I think I th- I could see it happening, but I want to see what you think. There's a lot of talk out there that Kyle Lowry could get moved from Toronto. I've been hearing that that Toronto is making their their weighing whether do they want to be a a low a low seed playoff team, or is it time to just say it's we're going Start all in first. on a rebuild? Now the problem with Toronto saying we're going all in on a rebuild is they just maxed out Pascal Siakam, they just gave Fred Van Fleet a giant contract, and they just gave OG Ananobi a giant contract. So I don't know what they're rebuilding with. They don't have a ton of money, but hey, if they want to send Kyle Lowry down to South Beach, uh, hey, I, I, man. Now that you talk about, but what would they? But what would they require? What would they ask for? Would be the thing because the Heat. One thing the Heat have going for them, they have a good young nucleus of talent. I think you could get. I, I think, and this is total speculation. I think you could even you. You probably have to even out the the money. So it'd probably be Iguodala and one of the other expiring contracts because Iggy's got fifteen million expiring. Um, well, but who though? It would be another expiring contract, so it might be Kelly O. But you, I'm sure another piece would get moved. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming someone else would come back with Kyle Lowry. I don't think it would be. I'm, like a I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying that because you don't want to give up your young nucleus. No, I don't think you'd, you. Don't, I don't think you don't in want this. To give up Kyler. No, uh, no. Way. Obviously, you're not going to give up Bam. You don't want to give up if you don't have to. You don't want to give up Duncan. I don't think Unless so because you, of you have to, but you don't really want to get those three young guys or or uh, even Kendrick Nunn, like. He was in the running of rookie. K Nunn might be the one. He might be the one. But yeah, he might be yeah. the one. But it, for Kyle I think, Lowry, I guess you could because he's a championship solidified. And know. he's 34. So I don't think they're gonna, I don't think they would demand. I think if you were gave him none a first round pick and an expiring deal to make the money work, I think you could get it done. It's it seems like that's because of his age. If he was 30, you would give up you would you would give up a first round draft pick? A protect like heavily protected. Heavily protected. Okay. I mean, wouldn't okay. you? I mean, I think if if you're trying to if you're also trying to say like we got to maximize Jimmy's Jimmy's time because Jimmy's not young either. Obviously, I don't think he's anywhere near the end of his peak or anything. But like 
He's not young. I think they want to maximize what they can with him. Now, the, and the other, you may not have to give up a first round pick because Kyle, K Lowry's, he's an expiring contract too. So, but it, it is, it's just a matter of, you know, if you, if you're the heat and you're looking around, cause, and here's why I also, I also here's why I also think it's possibility. Why wouldn't the heat have gone out and gotten Derrick Rose? I mean, the, the, the Knicks gave up Dennis Smith Jr. and a second round pick and got Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose would be very good for the Heat. But once again, what would you what would you have to give up? To get Derrick Rose? Yeah. I mean, probably Kendrick Nunn in a second round pick. I mean, that's they what had, the, that's essentially what the Knicks gave up. Yeah, and you know, no, I'm just saying because Kendrick Nunn is a guy that they've brought up. They've developed him. Yeah. Duncan Robertson are guys that have been brought up through the system. They they've been heavily invested in those guys. So you know, they're not going to just give up on those guys easy unless it's a guy that can really be a changing point, you know? That, I think and Kyle so- Lowry could be for this team because all the things that we're talking about, a lot of the things that we're talking about, perimeter defense, willingness to score, three-point shooting, he kind of, he brings all of it. He does all those things. And also... He's averaged like I think six or seven assists a game in his career. He's obviously a willing facilitator, and like you said, he's a champion, and he's known for being a tougher, like a defensive-minded type point guard. I feel like he would fit. In yeah, he would definitely fit the Heat culture, I believe. Um, well, we had to probably well, you know, the Heat. He probably had to lose a little bit of weight. They don't, <laughs> they don't, they don't play that, but <laughs> I was going to say the same thing, but I wasn't yeah, really sure. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to have to, you know, tighten that part up. But, yeah, I think you're right. His championship pedigree could possibly make things more interesting. But the, the the group that they have, man, I believe that you have time. You don't have to make the trade right now. And Pat Riley knows that. He's he's watching. But I don't think that I – don't, I don't – I mean, they won three in a row. What's to say they win the next three out of the next four or next four out of the next five and they're right in – you know, they're right back – you know, in the playoffs and, you know, things start to go well for them. Yeah. Know, I don't think that they need a – I don't think there's a blockbuster move to be made this year anyway right now. And so if it's not a blockbuster move to be made, you know, go give these guys a chance. They got there last year. Give them another chance, you know. Yeah. They got to get at least to the sixth seed because don't forget the 7-8 yeah, seven, eight, seven, eight is the play-in this year. So now – That's for sure, but let me tell you something. The Heat – don't care about doing things the hard way. They well, yeah, just want to get it. They just want to get in because once they get in, they're a hard out for any team they play. Totally. Absolutely. So I mean, obviously they will want to get higher as high as possible, but nobody wants to play the Heat if they the eighth seed or if they the two seed or the one seed. Nobody wants to play them in the first round. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> no absolutely not. Especially like we were talking about the East last week uh, and how the East is so much better, but like. Think about it. Like, I mean, after you got Philly, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Boston, and the Pacers are good. But after that, the East is not great. So if you're one of those teams and you end up having to play a six seed Heat, whew, ooh, that's brutal. You know what I mean? If you're the if you're the Nets and you got to play the Heat in the first round, I brutal. Mean, that's rough. Uh, I don't think that. I think the Nets will end up. Well, I don't know. Philly's playing. Philly's playing great basketball. This year. I think. Do you think? I I think. There's no question right now to me at this point in the season, Joel Embiid's MVP, what he's doing. No for question. I don't I, think there's a question. I, I know people to say LeBron. You're going to say LeBron. I'm about to say that, that 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 young man out there in Los Angeles by the name of LeBron 
I would tell you this. I, if, it, if, it, if it is LeBron, I have no problem with it. But I've watched every team in the league this year, and I think from top to bottom, there's the Lakers and there's everybody else right now. And, sure? and a lot of that is because of LeBron. Um, but they do have a guy named Anthony Davis who is another top five player in the league. Here's what I'll well, say about Philly. That's true. That's true. I will say this about Philly. I've watched Philly when Joel Embiid doesn't play, and that team is terrible when he is not on the – like, it's a – So let me ask you, let me ask it's you a this different – but I know what you're going to say. If the LeBron wasn't on the Lakers, what would happen, right? And, that, and when LeBron was in the East, that was the case every time, every team he played for. But somehow they somehow they came up with – they didn't give him MVP. Yeah, when he no, didn't play, when he there, didn't play, there's no doubt. Different. When he didn't play Cavaliers, then when he go to the West, he goes to the West, and now his team is always in first place. But now, now we give it to Giannis every year because of well, he statistically yeah, Giannis, kills it. Giannis, and this yeah. year, Joel Embiid is killing it. I still, Giannis I, I didn't still deserve. I didn't the double standard, the double standard for LeBron not getting MVP. Man, he LeBron could get it every year. Because, because well, well, let's not let's stop saying it. Let's go ahead and give it to him. <laughs> hey, I don't have a let's, vote. Let's, I don't have a vote. But if I did, I think right now I'd, 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 I don't have a vote. But if I did, I think I'd still give and it. And Joel Embiid too, though. Joel Embiid is having an MVP caliber. I can't lie, he is. But what LeBron is doing in the Western Conference at this age, when when most people say, "Oh, he's in the East," that's why he's doing what he's doing. Well, now he's out west and he's still doing it. And so that's let's true. go ahead. Let's go ahead and give him the roses. Why he can we'll see. Him. We're 25 games, 25 games, 25 games. We'll see what ha- we'll see how it happens because there's also the chance that Philly regresses because they're playing. Now, they're actually doing what I thought they'd do with Doc Rivers. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I thought, okay, Doc's going to go. They're going to win a ton of regular season games. Let's see how For they sure. play in the playoffs, but they're going to win a ton of regular season games. And he, my problem with Embiid actually watching them, and I, we don't have to talk a ton about the Sixers, but he gets, he's still not in shape. I watch these games. He's dominant. He's still not in shape. Like he gets tired easily. He gets back to backs. You could tell he's not the same. So we'll see how game 60, game 65, if he's still doing what he's doing right yeah, now. He has to watch that. He really has, they really have to watch that. Yeah. So anyways, back to, back to Miami. So, um, oh, I wanted to ask you about Jimmy about, so the Jimmy thing. So last night in the game, Jimmy gets fouled at the end of the game down one. And he's <laughs> yeah, he's rolling around on the floor, and the announcers are like, "Oh, I hope he's okay. I hope he's okay." And then he he peeks out of the. I don't know you say he peeks out of the side of his out of his eye. Yeah. Like, are they looking yet? Are they looking at? Oh no! no, no. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> I love it. Well, you know that's that's just part of having fun in the game, man. Yeah, just, I love gamesmanship. Just... I love anything yeah. you can do to get. It. What do you think about flop? Like people hate flopping. I don't care. I I I, I honestly don't because if it look. If you flop and your team wins a game and you were a game out of the playoffs and you needed that game to win and the flop got you the win, hey man, gamesmanship is gamesmanship to me. Yeah, I don't, but I don't like all the flopping. I don't like. I mean, that. if it's not like not like what uh, I think it was uh, Gary Trent Jr. did a couple weeks ago, where he like dove out of bounds. Yeah, yeah, I, I but think like there's a way to draw fouls. You can draw fouls, but the over exaggeration, I'm not with that. I'm not with the over. What about what Jimmy did? And I and I believe I believe it's not a, it's not on the players though. It's on the referees to start understanding it and not calling it. Yeah. Because the players are only going to do what you allow them to do, and, and so because they allow flopping, 
and uh, and you know they don't call it consistently, or they they call the foul, and then they go back and say, well, in the two minute report, oh, that was a bad call. Well, that you should have called that in the game. That yeah. you know you could you, you cost the team two to four points for them flopping. So I believe it's on the refs not to call the fouls when guys are flopping. And you know that'll stop some of the flopping because I don't like it. I, to see More, guys out there. Okay, so what do you think about what Jimmy did? Jimmy was trying to get them to call. I mean, I, I he I mean, I think he was trying to get them to call flagrant. They called a foul. I think he was getting trying to get them to call flagrant. I mean, hey, you, as a player, you do what the whatever was in the rules of the game. And so if thank you, if, you know, if the rules allow you to do it, and the referee fall for it. If they fall for it, then they <laughs> that's that that's always been my thought on it. It's just like, hey, I get and also the league finds you now. If they feel like it yeah. was a bad flop, they'll find you. So now it's even more so I'm like, hey, if a player the fine wants, is good, the, but the but the fine doesn't change the outcome of the game. I know that's my thing. And that's so I'm, I'm like, but I'm also like if gotta not call it because if you come back after the game and say, yeah, he flopped, but hey, well, so what? He shot two free throws. Those two free throws made us lose the game. Like, yeah. no one wants to after the fact. You know, we want it to be called in real time. Yeah. And vice versa, you know, yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. Um, did you – I know you didn't play with Jimmy, but did you ever work out – Were did, like, in the offseason, you ever work out with Jimmy? Because I know I you guys had, like, a had, you, your, I, uh, your workout we guy, right? with, We trained with some of the same guys, though. Right. Which, uh, trained with – um. Remy, Remy workouts. Right. Shout out to Remy workouts, and I've also trained with his uh the guy he first trained with, Chris Johnson. Right. Okay. So, I was just wondering if you knew like about like of, I'm interested. Some of the best trainers out there, by the way. Of course, I know. I went to I went, I went to high school with yeah. Remy, and I met Chris back in the day when I worked in the NBA. So yeah, I know both of them, the two of the best. But I just was wondering because I'm always interested to hear people who have been around him like his mindset because he. Obviously, see. Well, I knew, I knew, I knew, like he's so intense, but then he's a joker. Like he's got like this, these, this. He seems like a very complex type of dude. Well, one thing he he understands that basketball is only part of his life, and that's where people got to understand when he's out there on the court, he's as ferocious as they come. You know, he's a high level competitor, which you have to be in this league if you want to be somebody. But you know, off the court, you know, he likes his country music. You know, he likes to. You know, big face whatever. He, yeah, he likes his wine and all of that. And that's just part of him not being defined only by basketball, you know, and that's important to be able to have a life outside this game because one day, you know, you won't be playing this game. So it's good yeah. that a, a person can be confident and have an identity outside the game. And that's all Jimmy's showing. He has an identity other than basketball. And that's pretty cool to see. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it is cool. And it's cool that he's finally ended up in a place where it's like, he, if he's he's embraced for what he is because yes. you've been with multiple organizations i worked for multiple organizations it just it doesn't work everywhere like it just well, doesn't, well, there's a lot of places works, that are like it only works it works at all winning organizations i'm gonna tell you that okay that's fair i've winning, never worked for one i've never worked for one so. jim trust me winning organizations would appreciate jimmy because listen when we talk about championship level you have to be doggy dog like you have to mm-hmm. be intense you have to be very rugged that's the only way to compete at the highest of highest level when you talk about championship and so the places that jimmy went was not of championship pedigree and so at least at the time that he was there when he was there because obviously chicago i'm not talking about chicago because oh you're talking about after chicago chicago Chicago. accepted him as who he was and chicago was until the until until tibbs was gone 
And then and Chicago was in contention every year because of that. Yeah. They was in contention. So yeah. the, the places that when he went to other places that was not championship contending or trying to, he stuck out different because he's a lion. And mm-hmm. when a lion is with guys that are not lions, it's going to look different. That's Cubs. just a simple Cubs. way. That's just I'm, I'm not gonna call nobody no name. I'm just gonna say <laughs> when a lion is not with lions, okay. a lion is gonna stick out. And yeah, so and Jimmy's a and Jimmy's a lion. And the Miami Heat organization is about lions. They 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 want they want tough guys, they want guys that's gonna be willing to put it out there, and they don't want a bunch of choir boys. You know, they want, they want guys that's gonna mix it up. It's a good train. I'm, I'm glad you brought you bringing it back to where I, I had one last thing on this current on this. Uh, th- oh, this stretch and the way this season's gone because you're talking about lions, right? There's a uh, there's a lion sitting on the bench. He doesn't play, but Ooh. UD, right? He's an old he's an OG. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I was listening to him on the radio the other day, and you just see him on the bench, and you know, they were asking him of like, "What did you say to your team?" And he's like, "Well, I said the same thing to the team that I said to to Spo." And he's just basically talking about how we got to get together. But I was just like, I was thinking like when you were there. What he had already won a title, right? The first title. Yep. So, and he'd been with the organization from the beginning. Is was he the same type with LeBron and Bosch and Wade and all them there? Was he this guy? Has he always been this much of a leader? Well, or has he sort of embraced it more as it's as he's gotten older? He's he's grown into being a, a much better leader. He's UD is the definition of growth. He's grown and became more mature every season. And the team, our championship team. We govern each other. We were all, well, I wasn't, but everyone else on the team, they were vets. Right. And so they held each other to a standard and we could govern ourselves. On this team, the, the last few years that UD has been on, these are young guys. He's a vet by far on the team. And so he put, you know, he's, you know, he, he plays a different part. You know, he has to guide some of the guys. He has to talk about them, talk to those guys a certain way in order so that they understand and show them the day-to-day grind that it takes. You know, on our Heat team, we all knew the expectations. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew the expectation, top to bottom. And so we we governed ourselves accordingly. And so his growth and mature process has been has been great to see. You know, he's, he went from, you know, he's the all-time leading rebounder. You know, that pick and pop medium range, you know, that's UD all day, every day. He makes that with his mm-hmm. eyes closed. Yeah. That his post-defense is textbook straight out of a textbook. And yep. so, you know, his knowledge of the game, he's, as he gets older, he's just passing it down, passing it down. Um, he don't hurt as many people as he used to, you know, <laughs> you know, but, you, you know, know, you don't still, see that. Don't get that. it twisted though. Don't get it twisted. He will punish you now, you know, out there on the court. If he get out there and play, you know, his, you know, oh, he yeah. will box you out and put you in the third row. Hey, but you got six fouls for a reason at that age. Absolutely, you know what I mean? <laughs> absolutely. But you know, now, now he's, you know, he's has more of a big brother role. Yeah. You know, but, you know it's but he's ready. He's always ready though. You know, isn't it crazy? Yeah, no, isn't it crazy though? You mentioned like the that mid-range. Isn't it crazy how like it's so effect it was so effective, right? He won a championship, multiple championships, being a guy who did that. And that short corner like 15 foot jumper is like eliminated. No one does it anymore. It's just so easy. I mean, not easy. Obviously it's not easy, but like UD it doesn't make sense to me. No, no one, no one's going to lie and say UD was the most talented player to ever play basketball, but he figured out like, Hey, I can make this shot every time. And he made Absolutely. a career off of that and playing defense and no one does it anymore. 
hey, listen, I, I'm still trying to figure out how to how to lead transition from that. Yeah, I don't understand right. it, and I'm not gonna never understand it. But like him and da- like David West, the same thing. Like that elbow jumper. And I mean, plenty of people get. I mean, you got Garnett. You got yeah. Lamarcus Aldridge is one of the few that still shoots. He it. still does it. You yeah. The Dirk Nowinski, you know, all of those guys. You know that was. That's you know that makes the pick and roll much harder to guard when the guy can pick and pop to seventeen feet and to the three or mm-hmm. pick and pop or pick and roll or short roll. Now it's just pick and pop. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> you know who roll? You know actually, who I was watching the other day who rolls hard to the rim like almost every time, and he can shoot it. John Collins from Atlanta. When he's he's a, he's talented. He has a crazy type of athleticism. It's weird. He's like spring loaded. Like he's, he's a top tier. He's a top percentile athlete. Oh my God. It's crazy. It, it, it's, it's wild. I actually interviewed him last, not last year. I don't remember when it was, this might've been a couple, whenever he was in the dunk contest and he was talking to me about practicing his dunks with Vince Carter and then Dom, cause he's in a, he was in Atlanta with Vince and Dominique Wilkins. And he was just explaining to me how they were like giving him advice for the dunk contest. I'm like, God, th- this dude might be, I mean, he might be one of the top, two or three dunkers like hit when he jumps it's crazy but he rolls hard he's one of the few that i see now like he actually sets the screen and he rolls to the rim and it's just it's rare actually the heat guys do it when it's drawn up like bam well, you know, the, the heat play different than most yeah. nba team they don't they try not to be too trendy they try to stay with <laughs> they, they, their they try to they try to stay with their identity you know so yeah. I, um, and i believe that's that's necessary in today's nba yeah for sure all right before we wrap up let's take a look so like i mentioned starting tomorrow thursday we got the heater going on their longest road trip since 2009 which is crazy seven game west coast road trip and there are no seven games in 11 days dude no cakewalks um houston utah clippers Warriors, Kings, Lakers, Thunder. You're gonna find out a lot about this team and where they stand after that road trip. <laughs> tell tell everyone because like I could talk about it all the time because I've I've been on road trips, but people are like, who are you? You didn't play. Talk about how tough this kind of road trip actually is for a, for a team. Yeah, it's very it's very tough, but it's also one of those trips that brings you. T- it can bring your team together because when you're on the road, it's all about you and the guys, nobody else, and so. I think this will be a great test for them to see where they're at, where they're at, where their game is at, where their mental fortitude is at, you know, where their team camaraderie is. And they'll they'll be able to, after this road trip, we'll know a lot more about the Heat, and it'll be more clear if they do need to make a move or not as far as, mm-hmm. you know, adjusting the roster. Um, Seven games, right? That's a lot, that's a lot of games. They're, the Heat are 10 and 14 right now. Now, obviously, you want to go – win seven games and have a 10 game win streak and all that. But seeing what this, they're going into a murderer's row right here. Like what, what do we think? We think like going 500 on this trip, four and three is a positive. Like what, what's a, what's a number where we're like, okay, that, that not only did, well, I mean, obviously we just need them to play well. Yeah. We want to take it one game at a time, but I would say if they could, they went four and three. That would be nice. That yeah. would be pretty good. Four and three would be really good. Yeah. 
I mean, because maybe look, even five even, and two, but four and three, the, I would think would be pretty good. Like the one game where you're like, all right, we should win that game is the last game. And you know how that is. Last but game that's of the, road the, hard, the last game exactly. of the road trip, the hardest game. Exactly, because you just want to go home, right? Especially yeah. depending on what happened in the first six games. Like, exactly. if we're getting pounded out every night, we're like, all right, God, we just got to get home. Like, we just got to get home. <laughs> um, but um, the rest of these games are tough. We'll see what happens with Houston. If John Wall is not playing, which he's been in and out, like, they're a different team without him right now. So that could be – that's TNT game too. So that that's interesting. Um. But we'll see. I, I feel like Houston, I mean, they're all they're all winnable, but I feel like Houston, Sacramento, Oklahoma City are all very winnable. Golden State's playing better, but they're still they're not golden winnable, State. very winnable. winnable. But Utah, LA, LA, that's uh, Utah is the best record in the NBA right now. But um, the, the crazy part is normally in situations like that, you normally play good against the, the good teams. That's true. <laughs> You that, normally you normally play well against the good teams, and then you find yourself in dog fights with the and the and I will also in. and I also say this about the Lakers, despite them being the best team in the league, and I believe that, and they have the second best record. The games I've watched, they still look like they aren't totally playing. Like they look like they have a whole other gear that they could, like they they look like any given night in the regular season right now they could get caught. And they almost yeah. did. I mean, they went to what double overtime with the Pistons the other night. So, like they they just the way they're playing right now, it looks like. I mean, they got a lot of new pieces, and they look like they kind of not. I don't want to say coasting, but they're still kind of going through the motions here and there. Well, there's a, they're, they're they're trying to create their habits. Yeah. With this new team, you know, nothing happens overnight, and so they're beatable in the regular season. You know, they're they're trying to. Their goal is obviously not the regular season, though. Their goal is to right. get ready to play for the you know, for, for all the marbles. And, and I think they're doing a great job out there, but they're definitely beatable for the regular season. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, we'll see. I mean, I think next time this podcast will be recorded is next Tuesday. So that'll be, that'll be about halfway through this road trip after the Houston, Utah Clipper game. So we'll actually probably know a decent amount after those three games. So uh, appreciate you jumping back on again, man. Like this, oh, man, I appreciate this, you. This is this is fun, man. I, I could talk to you about the heat, I man. We could talk about the heat every day, but I, I'll take <laughs> once a week. I'll take once a week. Maybe we'll have you back. We'll see what happens. But either way, uh, next Tuesday I'll be back for sure. Norris, appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you. I appreciate you. Shout out and, to Heat Nation. Yeah, Heat Nation, and of, of course, obviously everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, and we'll uh, talk to you next week. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube